Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome to the Howell Timberwolves Radio on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. We are taking a look this week at, obviously, what was the biggest news, some of the biggest news that you've ever had if you're a Timberwolves fan, and that is the Timberwolves winning the draft lottery. Something you probably, I think, as a Wolves fan, you've come to really expect the worst when it comes to things like this. So I went into it with a very positive outlook, saying to myself, you know what, this is going to be our year. But guess what? I've done that before. This isn't anything new. As a Wolves fan, you go into a lot of lotteries. And just to put it into perspective, this was our 19th lottery, and this is the first time we've ever moved up. Every other time, we've either stayed the same or moved back. So we talk about all the uh, interesting things that have happened in 2020, some positive, some negative. Well, if ever there was a time the Timberwolves would finally have some lottery luck, you know, what better time, I guess, than 2020. So there's lots to touch on when it comes to that first overall pick. What are the Timberwolves going to do with that pick? Are they going to look to trade back? Are they going to look to take a guy like LaMelo Ball? Are they going to look to, guy, to take a guy like Anthony Edwards? Those are some of the popular names. Now, I, for one, obviously have been on record that the player that I want more than any in this draft class for the Timberwolves is Denny Avdia. And for anyone that listens to my show, Robin Hoop, uh, another draft uh, show that's on our radio station, I strongly encourage you to listen to episode number one of that as we break down Denny Avdia with the sports rabbi who has been covering him over in the Israeli league. So that's one thing to keep in mind. As we go into this draft process, I really encourage you to listen to Robin Hoop. We are going to give you draft coverage, and we have been giving you draft coverage for a large portion of the what would normally be the offseason, I guess, but right now actually is, in fact, the season. And that's where we're at so far. Now, what we're actually going to do, we'll probably go back a little bit to 
the simulation that we actually started last episode. But this week, we're going to start off with a little different strategy. What we're going to do is we're going to simulate through this 2019 season or 2019-2020 season. And then at the draft, what we're going to do is we're going to look to see what can we get for the number one overall pick. So if the Timberwolves had the number one overall pick, what exactly could we get with that pick? So we're not going to uh, – we'll see, I guess, one of the things we're going to look at is do the Wolves have virtual lottery luck? We'll see if they're able to win the lottery. Now, the one thing we have done is turned off the actual injuries within the game, and so that will play a role as far as how good the Wolves end up being. Also keep in mind, we have the entire roster as it is right now, so good and bad aspects of it. So whether you're talking about Wancho, whether you're talking about Malik Beasley, all those players are going to be with the team for the entire season. And obviously in real life, that did not happen. So that'll be uh, an interesting aspect of how this ends up working out. We keep getting offers, by the way. A lot of teams want Jarrett Culver. And I'll tell you this, as we move into uh, the end of this season and move into the offseason, Jarrett Culver is a player that I am not willing to part with right now. When we drafted him, I was not all in on Jarek Culver. I will be honest about that. He wasn't a player that I really even scouted much because, number one, I wasn't into the draft just in terms of scouting like I am now. So I'm not, I wasn't as well-versed at that point, but there were always specific prospects that I would look at. And to be honest, Jarek Culver was just never on my radar. So I wasn't exactly, I wasn't negative necessarily when we drafted him, but I wasn't thrilled. I thought, you know, there were probably other guys I would have liked. But when you move up in the draft, what the Wolves have talked about doing is they, very similar to a lot of draft experts, they have tiers involved. And they were very honest that they felt that Jarrett Culver was the last player in that top tier. So I really appreciate that they went for him, whether they thought he was a fit or not. And I would argue that at this point, what we've been able to see from Jarrett Culver is a very unfinished prod product. I actually view him in a similar light to when the Wolves drafted Chris Dunn. Now, not as negatively as I was with Chris Dunn. I was very anti-Chris Dunn in that draft. Did not want anything to do with him. But what I will say is Jarrett Culver is very similarly a little bit of a project. There's lots of things to like about Jarrett Culver's game, but you watch him in terms of what he brings to the table day one, and he wasn't a great shooter, very much like Chris Dunn. Very good defender, much like Chris Dunn. So those are just uh, prospects that when I look at uh, players the Wolves have drafted, uh, kind of in a similar mold. Now, the this was a very up-and-down season for Jarrett Culver. I, I think it's fair to say mostly down, but I, for one, his I mean, his... When you look at his draft stock, or when you, I guess when you look at his uh, value as a trade asset, I don't think it's going to be, it couldn't really be any lower than it is now. And so to me, there's just no benefit to trading him. Now, here's the deal. If there's a team that reaches out to you and says, here's the deal, we will trade you whoever it is. Here's a good example. A player that the Wolves would love to have is Devin Booker, right? They would love to have Devin Booker. Now, whether you want him or not, that's a different story. I, for one, am not all in on Devin Booker like some people are, but... I could understand the appeal and why it would be fun to bring the three friends together. Is a Devin Booker trade, and let's say they call and say, we want to we talk trade, but we have to have Jarrett Culver. Of course I'm going to throw him in. That's a, that's, that's a no-brainer. You're going to throw in Jarrett Culver. My position is, though, I'm not just looking to trade Jarrett Culver because he just doesn't have much in terms of a value right now because it was such a up-and-down season. Again, mostly down. So that's where I'm at with that. It's funny, uh, one of the trades you just got offered was Jaleel Okafor and uh, Nicola Melli for Jarrett Culver. I'm sorry, but 
if that doesn't tell you how low the draft value or the trade value is for Jared Culver, I don't know what does. Uh, and we're doing this simulation, by the way. The Wolves currently are 10 and 19 uh, as we are hitting Christmas. So it's not good, to say the least. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Again, we are the Howl covering the Minnesota Timberwolves. Of course, the talk right now is the Wolves getting the number one overall pick by winning the lottery. We're going to jump ahead now to the end of the season and take a look there and start jumping into the offseason where we're going to take a look at what kinds of options the Wolves have if they want to trade the pick or if they inevitably, which I think is what's going to be the case, uh, end up having to draft at spot number one. All right, so the end of the season is here. 34-48 and 48 is the record. Luka Doncic is your MVP. Zion is your Rookie of the Year. No surprises there. I mean, no surprise with Zion. Uh, I would say a pretty big surprise that you get a Luka MVP, only given how this this past season went. But, uh, again, he had a, a monster season. You want to know what he did? Just short of a triple-double. Uh, very, very impressive. And, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he does win an MVP award at some point. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen him in any of our simulations. Normally, Giannis does win that award. Sixth man of the year is Yusuf Nurkic, another thing I don't think I've ever seen, which is interesting. Defensive player of the year, Kawhi Leonard. Makes sense, but, again, I don't know that I've ever seen it in this specific year. Generally, it is Giannis who actually did just win Defensive Player of the Year. So shout out to 2K because they have been very accurate because it happens quite often in our simulations. And um, let's move on to Coach of the Year, which is Brad Stevens. By the way, Luka Doncic, also your most improved. So very cool to see there if you're a Luka fan. And, I mean, how can you not be? How about this? All-NBA second team. Russell and Towns both make All-NBA second team. So very cool to see there. Let's take a look. I don't think we had any rookies play enough where they could make that list. And it looks like no. No, we did not. And we did not make the playoffs. But that's not shocking. Um, I don't don't think anyone expected that to happen, especially given our record of 34 and 48. So now we're going to simulate through the playoffs. doesn't really necessarily matter who wins this. Although, you know, we'll take a look and see if uh, there's any sort of upsets. So over in, let's see, over in the East, uh, the only upset was that uh, Philadelphia beat Brooklyn. Keep in mind, there's no injuries, and so that's why that's a big deal is because they had Kyrie Irving and they had Kevin Durant. And it looks like, wow, Philadelphia is making it to the championship, which that's crazy. And, wow, it is 2-2 in the championship, 3-2 Mavericks, 3-3, and, the wow, the 76ers have won the championship. This is the strangest simulation I think we've ever done, given what's going on with the, you know, with the 76ers and how some people think they might blow it up. That's one of the names, actually, that has become popular with Wolves fans is Ben Simmons. I'm not saying one way or the other whether I think it's realistic, although I don't think it's necessarily realistic. And especially given what some people have talked about. I saw that there was a group of people, Wolves fans, that were saying, what if there was a trade opportunity to get Ben Simmons, but you had to include D'Angelo Russell. Here's the way I present that argument. If you're Gershon Rosas, are you going to go to Carl Towns and say, here's the deal, man. I know we worked super, super hard, spent tons of time, and got D'Angelo Russell here. What would you think if we were to trade him, your best friend, by the way, if we were to trade him for the guy that tried to choke you out last year? Now, again, I will say this. Let me add. Carl Towns and Ben Simmons, my understanding, are friends. But you'd have to think that there may be a little bit of a fallout after that happened, especially given Ben Simmons was given nothing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm trying to calm someone down, I don't give them a choke out. Um, Maybe that's just me. You know, regardless of all that, 
we look at these superstars that are available, and I don't think any of them are really being realistic. If we're really, if we're really looking at the landscape of the league, you hear names like Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. Obviously, we just talked about Ben Simmons. There's names out there, but they just, to me, I don't think they're realistic. Now, my understanding of what's happening right now is Gerson Rosas has basically called all the NBA teams and said, "What would is there a trade out there, including the number one pick? Like, what would the number one pick get me? Like, would I be able to trade for your superstar or your star player? So he's trying to get some feelers out there to see what happens. Uh, one team that I think would make some sense at, for trading only in terms of the fact that you don't have to drop super far back. So if we're going to do a trade down, to me, one of the teams to target would be the Bulls. The only concern I have is I don't see, an, I don't really see a great option in terms of uh, who I want to target on that team. I don't know that there's a guy in that team that necessarily is much of a fit. Now, it'd be different you know, if, if, if Chris Dunn was still available. Now, Chris Dunn is not with the Bulls right now. He's technically not under contract. But if Chris Dunn was available, he would be one of those players that I would look at. So Chris Dunn, the fourth pick, and then maybe and then something else probably. Because if you're going from four to one, and you have to give up substantial assets. So, for example, uh, if, if we were to able to get like a lottery-protected future first in addition to that. Or I don't know. There's, there's some way to work that out. I guess we'll see. We are now at the – so it's July 6th, 2020. Keep in mind, this is the draft lottery for this season. And this would have been – if there wasn't a COVID-changed season. Because at this point, we just had the draft lottery, and we don't actually know when the draft's going to be. Originally, it was going to be mid-October, but now they're talking maybe that's going to get pushed back even further, and the season's not going to start December 1st, which I think we can all agree never really made a lot of sense. Here we are at the draft lottery, though, and we are slotted right now as the ninth pick. Now, again, we're just going to you know make it work, and we're going to put it to what the actual lottery was after the fact, but I kind of find it interesting and I thought it would be a fun little experiment just to see what happens. So uh, in this scenario, actually the magic make the lottery and they have the 14th pick and they do not move up. Then you have the, the nuggets actually must've missed the playoffs. They have the 13th pick and they are sticking strong there. Oh, that's so they had, this is from Houston. Interesting. Okay. So Houston missed the playoffs, I guess. I don't know. This is very interesting. I guess I didn't really look at all the other teams and records, things like that. At 12, we have the Trailblazers. This is all going very strangely to me. <laughs> Hornets are at number 11, and they are not moving up either. So, so far, so good as no team has moved up. At 10 is the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are sticking at pick number 10. At number 9, let's see, is us, is the Timberwolves. Do we move up? We do not. So nothing else really matters at this point. So what we'll do now is uh, we'll we'll cut off air and we will get everything kind of set up for the draft. And then we'll start taking a look at are there some options for us to take a look at as far as trading. So we'll see if there's any teams that like what we have to offer. Now, right now, we just have the default setting in terms of trade difficulty. So we will monkey around with that as well to get an idea of what's available and what is not. You're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. 24 hours a day basketball coverage. All right, so we got all the draft picks all set up. Now we're going to take a look and see what this would get us. So pick number one, if we tried to trade with the Sixers, would get us Josh Richardson and Matisse Thibel. It's actually not bad. Uh, the downside is that there's those are guys that aren't long-term under contract. But as far as trades are concerned, you could do a lot worse. Let's see. We have uh, Jake Lehman in the first for Zach Levine and Chandler Hutchison. No, thank you. I like Zach Levine. You know, used to be a Timberwolf, obviously, but, I mean, that's just not what I'm looking for. Um, 
pick one, and then the third pick in round two for Colin Sexton and Larry Nash Jr. Yep, I'm going to pass on that. We have a pick one for Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's been very impressive. I'm I I don't know what I, I don't know what to say about that. I, that actually is an interesting trade, and I like Tyus Jones. Get him back as your backup. It's not the worst trade you could you could look at really. Let's see. Uh, this is not realistic at all. Uh, Nas Reed in the first for Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn. There's no chance the Miami Heat do that. Of course the Wolves would do that. We don't even need a center, but it's like, man, Bam Adebayo, come on. Uh, let's see. Ooh, this is interesting. P.J. Washington and Malik Monk for the first pick. I That's intriguing to me. Wolves obviously need a long-term answer at power forward. Uh, does P.J. Washington fit the Rosas plan? I, I don't know. I guess I haven't thought about it much. Maybe. Uh, I guess I'd give it a, a pretty solid maybe. Uh, the Kings offer Nemanja Bielitsa and Rashawn Holmes. While I do think Nemanja does fit what Rosas wants, uh, that's a hard pass for me. Mitchell Robinson and a a first for the number one overall pick. The first they're offering us is 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 a I don't know a swap pick with the Clippers. I don't know. That's not a good pick. Uh, Taylor uh, Talon Horton Tucker and Kyle Kuzma for the number one overall. No, I'll pass on that. I'm not a big Kyle Kuzma guy. I think he's a little underrated. Here's a trade that would have been amazing prior to injury, which is Al Frucamino and Jonathan Isaac for the number one. The Wolves would have ran so fast to the podium to announce that trade, but Jonathan Isaac is hurt. It's not happening. Let's see. Uh, Mavericks, Seth Curry and Jalen Brunson. Nope, there's no chance. Uh, Jared Allen and Doug McDermott. So, obviously, this is a trade with the Nets. Again, not happening. Interesting. Pick one and pick 17 for Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton. I would still say no, only because I worry about long-term if he can stay healthy. Michael Porter Jr., that is. Let's see. Uh, TJ Warren and TJ Leaf from the Pacers. Um, I'm not. I'm going to say no to that. Definitely say no to this. Bruce Brown and Derrick Rose with the Pistons. Let's see. Robert Covington and Daniel House, obviously, from the Rockets. Come on. If I can get Covington back, I'd be very pleased. Bottom line. I don't know if I'd give up the first overall pick for that deal. I don't know. That's a that's a goofy one. It's probably not my favorite that we've seen. Lucas Simonic and Derek White from the Spurs. It's not really what I'm looking for. Um, Simonic's interesting, though. He's only 20 years old at this stage. We have uh, So Malik Beasley, by the way, we did set it up. We did already re-sign him uh, during the season. But uh, here's, what, here's what the offer is. Uh, the first overall pick and Malik Beasley for... This is ridiculous. I mean, this is this is not realistic. But uh, the Suns would give us not only Devin Booker but the tenth pick. So I mean, you couldn't you couldn't run to the again you couldn't run to the podium faster to tell them that's the deal you're doing. We have uh, the Thunder, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Terry Rozier. Not doing that. It's not just the first pick. It includes Malik Beasley. I don't want to do that. And I like Shea Gilgis Alexander, but not doing that. The first pick. And then our um, first-round pick in 24 for Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little. Not doing that. Uh, Rui Hashimura and Moritz Wagner for the number one overall pick. I like Rui. Could be an interesting fit next to Towns, but no, not doing that. Now, let's be clear. The best trade by far, and it is not even close, is the Devin Booker trade, which we might end up doing. We'll see. Now we're going to go into the settings, and let's see what. let's take a look at the the differences so you can actually change how difficult it is to make trades or at least um you can you can actually change the 
like the difficulty of how the computer views trades, I believe is my understanding. So let's see. You can trade uh, dra draft pick. Trade value can be changed. It looks like there's a number of different options here on under trades, but it's not really what we're looking for. Let's see if there is a different change under yeah, under difficulty. You can go to uh, trade negotiation difficulty. Let's make that 100. So it's as difficult as it gets. And now let's try this again. What's it going to take if we had Trade Finder jump in and we take a look at draft picks? Pick number one on the most difficult setting. What kind of trades do we get offered? Number one, we get offered more deals. So there's 24 deals. Sixers jump in with Matisse, Thibel, and Shake Milton. Daniel Gafford and Zach Levine for the first pick in Malik Beasley. No chance I would even consider that. Kevin Porter Jr. and Larry Nance from the Cavs. Nope. Romeo Langford and Robert Williams. That's not the worst trade in the world. I'm not doing that, though. Um, I just Those are good young players. That was, I guess I should say it's not a good trade, but at least you're getting some good young talent. That's the way I look at that. We have Lou Williams and a first. Why would we do that? Uh, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones. Uh, that offer is still on the table, but now they want an additional first-round pick, which that's not happening. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the first overall pick and then a second-round pick uh, for Bam on a bio? I don't get it. I don't know what the Heat are doing there. Miles Bridges and Malik Monk. Miles Bridges is interesting because I think he's a player that could maybe fit that Rosas mold of what he's looking for. Uh, and you get Malik Monk, who uh, prior to his suspension was looking pretty good. But in this trade, we would have to give up the third pick in the second round as well, which I don't know. I, I don't love that trade. Let's keep going. Rashawn Holmes and Nemanja Bielitsa, same thing from the Kings, but now they want a second-round pick in return. We have Mitchell Robinson and Kem Birch for the first pick in the third and the second round. Kyle Kuzma and Quinn Cook for the first. So, again, we're not seeing much we like here. Um, the first overall pick and then pick number three in the, first, or in the second round for Isaac and Aminu. So very similar to what we got offered before. The Mavericks, Jalen Brunson and DeLon Wright. Are we serious here? Come on. Dinwiddie and a future first for the one, and then the three in the second round. I don't love that trade. We don't need a point guard right now. Uh, the Denver Nuggets obviously have lowered their deal given the difficulty has been raised. Will Barton and Monte Morris for the one. That's a hard pass. Uh, TJ Warren and Edmunds, Edmund Sumner from the Pacers for the first pick. You have Nikhil Walker-Alexander and Josh Hart for the number one overall pick. Another deal where you're getting some pretty good young talent, but ultimately I would pass. Derek Rose and a future first. Come on. And we have to include a future second. That's a terrible deal. Uh, Covington and House is offered again. This time we would have to include a second. The Spurs, Derek White and Patty Mills. Uh, hard pass there, and we have to include a second as well as the first. The Suns now have taken Devin Booker off the table. They have offered us Kelly Oubre Jr. and Ty Jerome. Uh, that's not, I mean, that's not doing it for me. Let's take a look here. Um, Isaiah Roby and Dennis Schroeder from the Thunder. Nope. Nasir Little and Zach Collins from the Blazers. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm, I, I'm probably, that's one of the best deals we've seen with the increased difficulty. And lastly, we have Thomas Bryant and Moritz Wagner. I mean, that's an easy pass for me, not even considering that. Now, let's do this. Let's take a look at some of the teams that are behind us and see if there's um, any scenario where we could trade back. We mentioned the Bulls. Let's look at the Bulls and say, what would it take to get the fourth pick in the draft? 
To get the fourth pick in the draft, the first offer is the fourth pick and Cristiano Felicio for D'Angelo Russell and Nas Reed. Come on, man. What are we doing here? Although in that instance, we would have the one and the four. How about this? Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell for the four. Come on. What is, I mean, what is this? Now, granted, teams aren't looking to necessarily move up, but they're not even talking about doing that. They just want our players. We have uh, Carl Towns and a second-round pick. They actually made that an offer. So the Bulls are very unrealistic, it appears. And then the fourth overall pick for, and included a future first for D'Angelo Russell and Jarrett Culver. I mean, these are some bad trades, like some really bad trades. So let's take a look and go at kind of, let's, let's look at a middle ground. So if we change the difficulty and maybe make things just not as bad as they look like they are right now, what does that change for us? So changing the difficulty down to a 70. Let's try that. We'll go to a 70 and take a look and see what kinds of trades we can get if, if, that's, if that's the one change that we make. So we're going to go again, and let's just go to the Bulls one more time and just see what kind of offers uh, we have for that fourth overall pick. Uh, Russell in a future first. It looks like they haven't changed anything. In fact, it's the same deals. Uh, that's not true. Uh, the other differences are Russell and, uh, and Nas Reed and Russell and Jake Lehman. I mean, these are bad. These are bad trades. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go and try our pick one more time and see what that looks like trading with the uh, still more difficult difficulty than the standard. But, uh, I mean, a little more forgiving at this point. So remember, it was 21 on the easier difficulty. 24 offers, and it is, again, 24 offers. So the first overall pick for Richardson and Thibel is still there. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. and Thomas Bryant's interesting. Uh, the Warriors offered uh, – oh, here you go. This would be a trade-back scenario. The second pick and a future first for pick one and pick three. I'm not doing that. The future first isn't going to be valuable because they're going to be a good team. Uh, Chris Paul and Shea Gilders-Alexander, if we include D'Angelo Russell. That's an interesting uh, thing. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. and the 10th pick. Looking at some of these, a lot of it is just the same offers. Uh, I don't I don't look at these deals and say this is good. Uh, nothing nothing jumps off the page. You know, it's a lot of the same things that we already went over. So it's tough to say that uh, any of these deals really make a lot of sense for us, at least, at least from what I'm seeing. I think when we look at the deals, the only ones that really would be intriguing would be the ones that don't really seem realistic. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. And I've been on record. I don't necessarily need to go after a star. I trust Malik Beasley to, to have a chance to be that third cog of the Timberwolves. I'm a huge Malik Beasley fan. I love what he was able to do. Granted, it's a small sample size. But who's to say he's not as good as some of these other players that we're targeting? I, I just think to give up this quickly, especially given the number of assets you would have to give up to really go after any of these players uh, is kind of the, the crazy thing to me. So let's do this. Let's go team by team now. I'm very curious uh, if there's teams we say, all right, this team has a player that I think could maybe be attainable and, and see you know, what exactly are, are those teams looking for if we were to try to make a trade. So one other name that I had forgotten to mention earlier that I have seen pop up would be C.J. McCollum. So if we go C.J. McCollum, is there anything the Wolves have that they would say, all right, maybe? Uh, there is no, if you go through the trade finder, they say there's nothing we could offer that could entice them. That's what they, that's what they list there, basically. I'm just kind of curious. Another name that some people like is Anthony Simons. And we could get Simons and pick 16 from Malik Beasley and pick 17. Yep, now I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to stick with my guy, Beasley. 
uh, taking a look. This is kind of fun. What would it, so would uh, the Golden State Warriors trade Andrew Wiggins back to the Wolves? They would not. So even if you offered the Golden State Warriors the first pick in the draft, they wouldn't send you Wiggins. So granted, it's not realistic. You can't actually do that. But if the Warriors could, come on. Of course they would do that trade. How about Draymond Green? Would they trade as Draymond Green? They would not. Very interesting. Now that is, of course, this is kind of that uh, middle ground. So it's the we're still at that 70% in terms of the difficulty to make trades. How about Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal is not an option, they say. How about Rui Hashimura? So a lot of these guys are just, they're saying there's no offers. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., by the way, and Isaac Bonga for Jarrett Culver and a future first. I actually don't hate that. Um, I don't, I, I'm not going to say that's the trade to do, but Troy Brown Jr. looked pretty good at times in the bubble. So he's a guy that can make some sense, and I've long been an Isaac Bonga fan. I'm very curious to what he becomes. And they're both only 20 years old. I like Jarrett Culver. I don't love Jarrett Culver. His value right now, though, is as low as it's going to get. So that's one of those... Uh, portions of this where you look at it and say all right you know what's going to come of this what's what's going to become of Jared Culver is he going to end up being someone that is just trade trade like an asset or is he going to be someone that actually is able to succeed with the Timberwolves that's the real question we ask ourselves uh, when you're looking at trades like this so uh, we'll, we'll pass for now but that's an interesting one how about we go to the Sixers Ben Simmons is there a trade out there there is not just for fun uh, Joel Embiid nope now, here's, here's some interesting – if you look at the rest of the roster, let's go to Matisse Thibel, who I do like. And very similarly to the Wizards, uh, if we wanted Thibel, we'd have to give up a future second, in this case, and Jarrett Culver for Thibel and Mike Scott. So there you go. That's an interesting trade as well. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys that maybe would make some sense to look at. How about Giannis? Would they take – nope, Giannis is off the table for the Bucks. Same with Chris Middleton. Dante DiVincenzo, a player I really liked coming out of college – Nope, no offers for him either. Uh, let's keep going down the list here. How about Lowry Markkinen, a guy that a lot of Wolves fans really liked at the time of the trade. This is one of the worst trades you will ever see offered. Culver and Russell for Sadoransky and Markkinen. Who's doing that? Nobody. Nobody's doing it. I mean, the Bulls, I guess, of course, would probably consider it. An interesting player on the Bulls roster, since they're kind of a team that I've looked at and tried to think, what's a trade that would make sense? Thad Young, a number of years ago, Thad Young would have been great. 32-year-old Thad Young I don't think has the flexibility roster-wise or I guess position-wise to make a lot of sense for us. But we could get him if we traded Beasley and a future first. Uh, Why would I do that? Uh, Or Beasley in two seconds for Felicio and Young. And by the way, we would get a a first back as well if we traded them Beasley and a first. Not doing that. I'm not doing that. Although I will say this, the first round pick that they offered us was from 2022, uh, which could be interesting because that's one of those, that drafts that they think could be the double draft. Now, who knows what the pandemic does in terms of that scheduling, but uh, something to keep in mind. As we take a look at the Cavaliers, I don't know the Cavaliers have anyone on that team that I really want. Uh, A popular name, though, was Darius Garland. And if we wanted him, this is not a joke. This is a real trade the Cavaliers offered us. Garland and Nance Jr. for Beasley and Carl Towns. So if you're looking at a player that is very, very much overrated by their squad, according to 2K, it's definitely Darius Garland and the Cleveland Cavaliers, as that would be awful. Let's look at the Celtics. Uh, Another name I've seen people try to throw out is Jalen Brown. To get Jalen Brown, the Wolves would have to give up under this scenario. Carl Towns, 
and we would get Brown and Williams. That is a easy pass. I mean, what are we even doing here? Nobody would consider that trade outside of Boston. Uh, there's not much else with the Boston team. If we look at the Clippers, um, just to see what's out there, they don't really have anything that interests me in terms of young players, so we keep moving on there. The Grizzlies, would they trade us John Morant? Shockingly, or I mean, sorry, not shockingly, they would not. Let's see about power forward. Uh, nothing there as well, except for so Jaron Jackson Jr. is off the table, which is not shocking. Brandon Clark could be had, as we already knew. Brandon Clark and the and a second round pick. Sorry, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones for a second round pick and pick number one, or we could do the same trade. We could get uh, Brandon Clark and Gorgie Zhang for Russell and pick seventeen. So that's kind of where we're sitting with that. I, I like Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's very interesting to me. I don't. I kind of want to make that trade just to see what happens. If that makes sense. Uh, another guy that I've seen people talk about would be Kevin Herter. So if we go to Kevin Herter, uh, this is not a drill. This is not a joke. Kevin Herter and Clint Capella for a second round pick in Carl Towns. Uh, are we all in agreement? That's awful. I, I feel like we're all in agreement for that. Uh, the other guy, by the way, that we actually did signed to a long-term deal was Juancho Hernan Gomez. We just we just had it set up that way. So Culver, Hernan Gomez, and a future second for Herter and Bruno Fernando. I'm going to pass on that as well. So these are not great offers. I know one other guy that people have kind of thrown out there is John Collins, and he's actually upset with the Hawks organization right now. So that's one of those things. But they will not trade him. So despite him uh, not being happy being there, they are not they are not moving him. They, he's not he's not getting moved. And in real life, I don't think he's getting moved anyways. Next, we look at the Miami Heat. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Earlier, they said they would trade Bam out of bio, and now it's more realistic. They're saying, yeah, we'll trade you Bam out of bio, but only if you trade us Carl Towns. So, again, no, we're not trading Carl Towns, obviously, but it's just not realistic to think that the Miami Heat are just going to get rid of Bam out of bio, one of their best players. I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't add up, and they're just going to give him away. Uh, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. How about Tyler Hero? I don't want, I'm not saying I want Tyler Hero necessarily, but just in terms of a, a young, talented player. We could get KZ Akpala, but again, you had to give up way too much to do it, and I'm I'm just not looking at doing that as far as I'm concerned. Charlotte Hornets, uh, we touched earlier on some players that could make some sense, a guy like P.J. Washington, but I don't think he has the full-on flexibility that we're looking for. But uh, again, intriguing nonetheless. If we look at P.J. Washington, it would be, wow. So right now they're saying Washington and Monk for Beasley and Russell – that would be such a terrible trade. Like, like, awful, awful trade. How about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell we could get if we wanted to give up Culver and Towns. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? I, I'm not doing that. And I, and I like Donovan Mitchell a lot, and I get it. It's just not realistic to, to be able to get a player like that. One guy that I have seen thrown out is Buddy Heald. And Buddy Heald could be attainable, but, again, vastly overrated according to 2K and what they value him at. Russell in a second, Russell and two firsts for Heald and Holmes. We have Towns in a second. For, and this keep on. This is for Buddy Heald and Jalen Noel, Malik Beasley, and Jarrett Culver. I mean, I'm just I'm just not considering any of those trades. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Uh, one guy that I know people have talked about liking would be Frank Nilakina, but the Knicks have uh, said we have nothing that they want for him, which I which is ludicrous. Of course, they would trade him. Moving on to the Lakers, we already know, you know there's not much there that you'd want that would actually be attainable. That The player that they were looking to move on from was 
potentially uh, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, and actually, this isn't terrible. Uh, Quinn Cook and Kyle Kuzma for Culver and Noel. I mean, I'm going to pass, but just as far as value is concerned, that's not, I mean, that's not terrible. Looking at uh, Aaron Gordon, of course, for the Magic, a popular name people like to throw around. They would not trade him unless we gave them a first and D'Angelo Russell. Talk about an absolutely awful trade. Oh, sorry. They're throwing in Terrence Ross. Does that make it better for anybody? It does not. I mean, it's just not good. Jonathan Isaac is a player they are willing to trade, but again, they want way too much value for him. We're not, we're not doing that. Mo Bamba is an interesting prospect, but again, way too much for what they want for him. How about Luka Doncic? Can we get Luka Doncic? Shocking. We can't get Luka Doncic. We could actually get Przingis if we traded Towns. Talk about a bad trade. So as you're seeing, the value of the number one pick, again, this is 2K, but I would argue in real life it's not going to be great either. A lot of teams want to trade back. Not a lot of teams want to trade up. So it's going to be tough to move back, which is why ultimately if we do end up having to take someone at, at pick number one, I think we do. And that brings up a solid point. It has been reported now that despite the rumors that he wants to be in New York, my understanding now is that LaMelo Ball has no issue being drafted to the Timberwolves. There's a lot of uh, value to being that number one overall pick. And he actually just signed a deal with Puma. So think about that. You're Puma, and you're saying to yourself, well, the number one overall pick could likely be LaMelo Ball. He's going to... Let's say he goes to the Timberwolves because that's a very realistic possibility. If you're the Timberwolves, very realistic, very realistically, you might take LaMelo Ball, who, by the way, is number one on my draft board. He is tied with Denny, who obviously I feel would be the pick. I mean, that's who we should obviously have. But, you know, if you're, if you're Puma, you're saying to yourselves, all right, obviously he could go to the Wolves and we're still going to offer him a lucrative deal. So keep that in mind when people talk about how you can't make money in Minnesota. Now we are to the Nets as we go through this. Uh, exhausting look at what's actually available out there, and there's not much that people are willing to. Uh, interestingly, I think we already had this offered, but uh, Jared Allen, well, a good young center, I like him, and Doug McDermott straight up for the one. I mean, not that terrible value, but again, we don't need a center. That's obvious. So, I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for us. Jamal Murray, you could get Jamal Murray and Monte Morris if you're willing to include D'Angelo Russell and two first-round picks, or D'Angelo Russell and Jarrett Culver. I will say this, in 2K... A lot of teams actually value Jarrett Culver fairly well. Uh, I would say in real life that's probably not realistic just because he hasn't done much. And the stuff that he has done, let's not pretend it was real good. And so I, I, while I personally do think that uh, there are going to be better times for him down the road, we're not there yet. I mean, that's just not where we're at. Uh, moving on to the Pacers, nothing there. Taking a look at the Pelicans, and uh, no shock, you can't get Zion Williamson. A guy that I have heard people talk is Lonzo Ball, but they have deemed him as a player they don't want to move on from. So it looks like that's another team where we there's just not much you can work with there. How about Sekou Dumbuya from the Pistons? He could be an interesting player just because with that 3-4 flexibility, he could be a guy that if you're Rosas, you might want to have. And if you look at that, back when the draft, when we talk about last season, my understanding was they did like Seku. So if they would have stayed where they were slotted to draft, that would have been a guy they would have looked at. And so I, I looked to see if he, if he would be someone that they would uh, trade. And it would be Seku Dumbuya and Blake Griffin for Russell, Beasley, and Noel. We're not, we're not doing that. I mean, it's just we're not doing it. But it's not, maybe, the, maybe it's not the worst trade I've ever seen, I guess. But it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. How about OG, the guy that should have already been a Timberwolf if it weren't for our crappy coach and Pobo Thibs, 
we should have already had OG Ananobi. Instead, we got stuck with Justin Patton, who's basically not in the league anymore, which is awesome. As a Wolves fan, aren't you just happy about that? And OG has been deemed untouchable by the Raptors, or at least untouchable for us. Robert Covington, uh, no offers for him, even though uh, earlier they were willing to make offers. So that's kind of goofy. Um, looking at uh, who else is on the list here. How about Gary Trent Jr.? He actually somehow got traded to the Rockets. Gary Trent Jr. has looked really good in the bubble. Let me add that, uh, both offensively and defensively. But nope, he is not able to get traded. They don't, or they don't want to trade him, I should say. Uh, we already tried to look at the Spurs. There wasn't much there. Devin Booker would be the guy you'd, you know, you'd obviously target because of the obvious connections between him and our other two players. But uh, he has been deemed untouchable as well. How about uh, Mikael Bridges? Would Mikael Bridges be a guy that we could go after? Interestingly enough, we could. I don't think this is, well, I mean, maybe the Suns would do this. I don't know. Jarrett Culver and Jalen Noel for Mikael Bridges and Ty Jerome. Uh, I'm intrigued by that trade. I'm interested, and um, you know what? Let's just mix things up. Let's do it. We're going to make that trade. We are going to do that. So we now have Mikhail Bridges. We no longer have Jarrett Culver, and we do still have the number one overall pick. So let's just jump to the draft here. Let's go into the draft, and let's see. Maybe more trades will pop up once we get in. So Timberwolves are on the clock, and there were no offers made to us. But if you go into Trade Finder, you can see whether or not other deals are available. So as we jump in here, we'll go through really quickly and just see if anything else jumps off the page. Uh, we still have that Brandon Clark deal, which would be available, although it's not as, I don't know, it doesn't jump as much to me now, given we traded for Mikael Bridges, but they're different players. So there's always that. I'm looking at this list, and we could look to make this trade. I, I think it could be an interesting deal for the team if we were to trade for Brandon Clark. So it'd be um, Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark for the number one overall pick and a second. Let's just do it for fun. Let's just see what happens. Let's make this trade and and we'll go from there and see how the team looks. Why not just shake things up a little bit? And we've already done a look at LaMelo Ball on the Timberwolves and we've seen how that was able to pan out. A little bit of a uh, up and down as far as the team was concerned. By far the best player that the Wolves have drafted in any of these simulations was Denny Avdia. He literally made the playoffs every single season, but not just that. He made the finals, literally made the finals every single season. So keep that in mind when you are looking at some of these players. So now we are at our 17th pick, which we do still have. A number of good options still available if we want. A guy like Grant Riller is available. Isaac Okoro is available, but that's not realistic. He is not going to be available at this stage in the draft. I just don't buy it for a second. Now, let's take a look at uh, who else is available as far as a good players. Denny Avdi is still available. That's not realistic. I would love to grab him right now, but he's not going to be there. Plain and simple, he's not going to be there. A player that would be possibly available here that I'm huge on would be Paul Reed. And that's a guy we've looked at in previous simulations. So if Paul Reed is available, he would be a guy that I would look to possibly grab for our team. I, I love his fit with what we're building here. So far, I have not actually seen him on the list. Another interesting prospect that I am higher on than most would be Jay Scrub. I absolutely love him as a prospect. Now, the issue that you run into is he played at John A. Logan. That's a junior college. Not many players get drafted out of junior college in the NBA. Just It's not something you see very often. 
And so if we were able to make a trade or a pickup like that, I personally love his ceiling. Maybe his floor is not as high as some others, but I do think he would make a lot of sense. Surprisingly, I still have not seen Paul Reed. There he is. Right as I say that, he pops up. So Paul Reed is a guy that I really, really like. They have him listed here at 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan. I, th- I think that's pretty close. And so um, that's who we're going to grab here is Paul Reed. So we do still have, I believe, one other pick because we did not trade our third pick. So, yep, that is still available. And taking a look, so third pick in the second round. By the way, again, Denny Avdi is still here. I would love to take him. I would love to have him on the team. It would be incredible value here. But, again, it's just not realistic. It's not happening. Looking at some of the players that are available, who do we want to go after? What positions do we want to target? Ultimately, I went with the guy we talked about earlier and we touched on is wing prospect Jay Scrub. What I like about Jay Scrub is he is a very uh, he has potential to be a very complete player. I actually thought I know some people like to question his defense, but me personally, I actually think he's a solid defender. Not a great defender, but we saw improvements enough from the start of the season to the end at Johnny Logan, where I do trust him on that level, at least somewhat. And people talk about the lack of effort on that end, but a guy that is going for charges, to me, that's not a lack of effort. That's a guy that is putting his body out there at risk. And for me, what I saw at the start of the season to the end was a player that just got smarter on that end of the floor. I thought his defensive IQ improved, and that's what you really want to see. So that does it for the draft. I think we did pretty good. I don't think there's anything to really complain about as far as things are concerned. And the roster is shaping up nicely. Now we're just going to simulate through the rest of the offseason, and then we'll come back at you at the end, and we'll go over the roster, and we'll do one season before we end this week's show. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing In That Channel, and this is The Howl. Dash Radio's Nothing In That Channel is all basketball, all the time. All right, so let's take a look at how the roster shaped up. Position by position. D'Angelo Russell, Jordan McLaughlin, and Tyus Jones are our point guards, along with two-way prospect Jared Butler. Shooting guards Malik Beasley and Jay Scrub. We have Mikhail Bridges, Josh Okoge, and Jake Lehman as our small forwards. Power forwards Brandon Clark, James Johnson, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Paul Reed. And centers Carl Towns, Nas Reed, and then two-way prospect Nemeas Queta. So, uh, interesting uh, mishmash of players. I like the direction of the team, and I think this could be a this could be a pretty good season. I do think we're going to surprise some people and maybe make a run. Uh, I think that's you know at least possible, if not reasonable. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with that. And we are jumping right into the season. Uh, we'll take a look and see how the start looks, and then we'll probably move on from there. By the way, we just got offered Jamal Murray and a first round pick. For Russell and a second, we will decline that. We want to see what this core with the draft picks that we chose uh, can end up doing. And obviously the major point part of this is uh, to see what happens as a result of what we did with the first round pick or the first overall pick, I guess, in this case. <laughs> Kelly Olenek in a first for Malik Beasley and a second. I don't think that's going to get the job done there, Miami. Let's keep going. Maybe they were trying to take Malik Beasley before we played them as we just played them and won. We are now sitting at 4-2, and two, which is a, a pretty good start. Uh, not, a, not a good revenge game for Brandon Clark, by the way, as he uh, was not able to get the job when he lost to the Grizzlies. But then a nice win against the Clippers and a win against the Nuggets. So we've, uh, we've beaten some good competition. Bucks just go down. We beat them by 20. So uh, pretty cool to see there. And then took down Zion and the Pelicans. So we are sitting at 8-4 and four currently. Let's keep it going. We will come back at you at the trade deadline and go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. 
And always remember, nothing but net is your source for basketball 24 hours a day. All right, so we are at the trade deadline, 33-17, and 17, which is really solid. I'm curious how Ryan Saunders has the game plan going. So let's take a look here. So um, it's uh, Russell, Beasley, Akogi, Clark, and Towns. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, by the way, is up into the 80s now. That's very cool to see. So the backups are McLaughlin, Bridges. Uh, Tyus Jones is actually playing 20 minutes. So we're, we're doing the uh, Rosas, a little bit of a small ball there. And then you get uh, 13 minutes from uh, James Johnson. Wancho is getting uh, – oh, Wancho's not playing at all. Neither is Nas Reed. Uh, Jay Clayman's not playing. And uh, not as shocking, but Paul Reed and Jay Scrub are not playing either. But whatever they're doing is working. 33-17. and 17. Definitely not going to make any changes right now as far as the roster is concerned. I just think it's – it's really set up well. We have um, – so J James Johnson is willing to re-sign. And I think uh, given he's not going to make a lot of money, it's probably worth it to ha have that veteran presence on the team. So we did re-sign him to a long-term contract as well as Josh uh, Kogi uh, is a player that we have actually uh, gone in and made sure to sign as well. So that's kind of where we're sitting with the roster. I think we're pretty set for, uh, I would argue, a really long time. And at 33-17, and 17, very, very solid record. So there's lots to like about that. And hopefully we can continue this sort of stretch for the uh, end of the season. We've got, again, a really good lineup. Things have worked out pretty well. And what's great about this is we've really jumped into Rosas' vision. I think that's a big part of this is that when we're doing this simulation, you try to be at least somewhat realistic with the things that you're doing. You know, we got offered... A trade, for example, for Devin Booker. We didn't take it. Those are things that we wanted to be smart about. By the way, uh, since we've kind of been recording this. I've been recording it over a, a stretch of a couple days. And the most recent thing uh, to pop up in the NBA is there is a chance now that the NBA season could actually be over. As I'm recording right now, this morning, there is going to be another meeting today from the Board of Governors as well as the players are going to be meeting. So there's lots of stuff going on, and it's going to be interesting what's what happens there here at the Howell. Honestly, we fully support the players and we fully support if the season doesn't go on. I completely understand it. America needs change. And if this is one of the ways we can bring it about, uh, I'm all for it. So just uh, wanted to throw that out there and we'll see what happens. But uh, maybe by later today, we might have some sort of uh, uh, information as to what's going to happen with the season. Time will tell on that. Now we're going to jump into the second half of the 2020. 2021 season as we are passing the trade deadline and we'll see what happens hopefully it's a, a good look now I didn't check the all-stars so I'm curious if you know maybe Towns and Russell made the team made the all-star team you know last year they were both all NBA second team so that'd be interesting to see if they're able to do that again the the caveat you run into is that as you jump into this uh, next season you know there's some high level players uh, that were you know for example Luka Doncic Zion Williamson, there's players that generally take big steps in this season, and you start to see kind of a change there. So that's one of the things to watch for. Uh, now we are passing the contract extension deadline. We already made sure to do that part, and so we're going to pass on that. We are in a bit of a losing streak now. Three straight games we have lost, although the Hornets are always good for riding that ship. Get a nice win there. Get a nice win at the Magic. So, hey, playing some Eastern Conference teams can definitely help a little bit. As we move on, we uh, wow, we got blown out by the Mavericks, and that's the second time we've lost by quite a bit uh, to them in this one single week. Uh, not great to see. But then you keep it going, get a little momentum with wins against the Rockets, Pistons, and another win against the Magic. And uh, can we do it? No. 
we had a close loss to the Rockets, so we weren't able to get the uh, two-game win in one week. We were sitting at 41-23, and 23, so with that record, we're pretty much guaranteed to make it into the playoffs. At least you would think so, anyways. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, some teams we're probably fighting with, Blazers and Pelicans. We just got wins against them. We are now hitting the uh, almost the end of March right? with this record. We still have an outside chance to hit 50 wins. It could be a little tough. They've got to find a way to be consistent, which has been um, with these young teams. That's always going to be kind of the, the issue that you run into sometimes. 45 and 25, still an outside opportunity to finish with uh, 50 wins. It's it's coming down to the wire. Got a nice win against the Knicks and the Pelicans. Now we're going to take on, obviously, the Raptors, a very solid team. As we hit April, a close loss to the Raptors. But then we take on, wow, we get blown out by the Kings, which is very surprising. We have uh, a close loss, but still a loss to the Mavericks. So we are not ending this season very strong. One-point victory, though, against the Celtics. And then we take on the Bucks. Can we keep it going? We do blow out the Bucks actually which is good to see. And we just had a close win against the Warriors. We have hit 50 wins. We are now 50-28, and 28, although a close loss to the Suns. I feel like we're struggling a bit against some of those teams we're going to be competing with in the playoffs in the regular season. And so hopefully we can right that ship. We take on the Kings loss, close loss to the Lakers, and we're going to end the season with a game, and we get, uh, unfortunately, a loss against the Celtics. We finish the season... 51 and 31. We'll take that. Solid. Giannis is your MVP. We have Lucas Simonic as your rookie of the year. Wow. Enos Cantor, sixth man. Kawhi Leonard, defensive and coach of the year is Kenny Atkinson. Most improved, by the way, is Ja Morant. Just under 30 points a game. All right, let's keep it going here. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is your first team center, which is very cool. We do not have anyone else making the list. And here we go. We are going to simulate the playoffs. And, and see what we can do with this. Let's jump through round number one. Here we go. We're simulating round one, and uh, we are down 1-0 to the Kings. 2-0 to the Kings. It looks like uh, we are we forgot that we were supposed to play in this series. 3-1, and are we going to lose? It looks like we're going to lose in round number one, and we have. So there you have it. I talked about how we were losing games in the regular season to teams we would probably face in the playoffs, and that was all she wrote as we do lose in the first round. We'll see what happens uh, down the road with this simulation. Now, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That channel. We are the Howl, and if you missed any of this week's show on Dash Radio, make sure you check us out anywhere podcasts are found. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And until next week, let me get a howl. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Give me Butler.
Descent reunited with his former coach, Tom Thibodeau, in Minnesota. I'm excited to be here. With that being said, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of, head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does. Wiggins drives it. 